Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Canadian Thanksgiving, happy week of NHL regular season. Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, and once again, Steve Peters has bailed. Bailed, he said. Uh, he took working Mondays out of his contract, I guess, or put that in his contract. And he bailed on us once again. But once again, lucky for us, it's another Beat Writer Breakdown episode. Somebody else will create the content for us, exactly. which is what we're aiming for every day of the week. Here exactly. And we, of course, just spoke with CHGO about who sucks more, the Blackhawks <laughs> or the Coyotes. So we're moving to the other end of the standings, to the top. <laughs> and we're bringing in DNVR Avalanche's Jesse Montano to talk about the Colorado Avalanche and the Central Division. Jesse, welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, thanks for having me. I need to get Petey's deal, apparently. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Who knows what he worked out there. Um, but thank you for joining the show. You obviously had a much different off-season <laughs> covering the Avs than we did. Before we start, how was uh, all the celebration for you guys? Uh, I won't lie. It was pretty fun. It was a good short summer. Um, it's funny, you know, I was sitting there in Tampa before game six and I, you got, I got so focused in on what was going on that I could kind of forget that there was many teams that had been done for two months, two and a half months uh, while the abs were still playing. So, you know, it, it ends, we're right into draft or right into free agency. Um, but no, it was, it, it was a, it was a fun summer. Um, you know, just getting to see the guys doing all the different stuff with the cup. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to be at a couple different events with it. Uh, so no, it was, it was good. And, and again, I mentioned it to you guys last year. Uh, if you would have told me five years ago when the abs were at the bottom, uh, that, that we'd be doing this wouldn't have believed you. So there's always hope. There's always hope. After all that celebration talk, I don't know about you guys, but if you guys want to just cut Jesse off right now, just set him like this. It's been 10 years since I've covered playoff hockey, Jesse, 10 years. The one time they make it, they're in the bubble. So I don't get to go. So 
Oh, yeah, that's right. enough of that right. playoff talk, okay? <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> yeah. we, we mentioned the offseason. Um, I want to know what you make of this offseason. Some, some things happened to the Avs this offseason. They, they lost Nazem Kadri. They lost Andre Burkowski, two of their top five point producers from a season ago. They lost Darcy Kemper, who we know well here in Arizona. Aside from re-signed players, they added guys like Evan Rodriguez, obviously Alexander Georgiev in goal. Does Colorado have the horses and the depth and the maybe the young and upcoming players to replace what they lost and repeat as cup champs? So I'll start this answer by giving you the answer that Miko Rantanen gave me. He said, I don't think we're as good on paper as we were last year, but I said the same thing in training camp last year, <laughs> uh, that he didn't think they were as good as the year before. So honestly, I'm, I'm kind of with him. I mean, Craig, you just mentioned it. When you when you run down this roster on paper, uh, look, it's not as deep. You're hoping that Alex Newhook can can take the step uh, and, and kind of fill that 2C role that Nazem Kadri left. Andre Burakovsky, while he was a little hot and cold, could be a little streaky. I mean, it's 60 points that you're trying to replace there, multiple 20-plus goal seasons. Uh, so, so, look, like let's not act like this is going to be an easy feat to make up some of this offense. They get Evan Rodriguez on on what I think is a great uh, bargain deal, uh, especially for that level of player. He's really impressed me in camp. Obviously, you pump the brakes a little bit. It's camp. Everyone everyone looks good there. Um, but I think for the price you're paying him, I like him as kind of a replacement level player. Um, you've got a guy like JT Comfer in a contract year. Can you maybe get a little bit of up production out of him? Uh, and then the one name that, that uh, you didn't mention there is Ben Myers. Um, College free agent they signed near the end of last year, former captain uh, at Minnesota. I have talked to some guys around the league who are really, really high on this kid. Uh, obviously, this is going to be his first year stepping into the league, but I think they are hoping he can fill uh, an important role in that bottom six. So as far as the skaters go, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how some of these internal options can uh, move up the lineup to try to make up for what you lost in Nazem Kadri, Andre Burakovsky. Um, it's Alexander Georgiev. That is the big question mark for me. Look, they've done this. The abs have kind of made a, a, a record now out of doing this, right? They did it with Philip Grubauer. Here's a backup looking for a starting role. We're going to give it to him. All things considered, it, it went pretty well with Grubauer's time here in Denver. Uh, Darcy Kemper, same kind of thing. He originally went to Arizona to be the backup behind Antiranta. Obviously, the injuries, you know, led to Kemper kind of taking over that role and really excelling as the number one. He comes in, had a great, great regular season, really struggled in the playoffs. And now they're bringing in Alexander Georgiev, trying to run that back. And look, Georgiev has had five straight years where his numbers have trended in the wrong direction. Um he was never going to get out from behind Igor Shosturkin. Uh, through training camp preseason, it's been pretty up and down for him, for me. Um, to me, I think this is the biggest gamble that they've made in net uh, over the last few years uh, when they've tried this. So I think that'll be a little bit of the make or break of if this team can be you know, truly in contention to repeat. Uh, I love Jared Bednar as a coach. I think he gets guys bought in. Um, I, I think they showed last year with some of those injuries that they're strong enough systematically, their guys are bought in enough that losing a piece here or there shouldn't fully derail them. But 
it's going to be the goaltending for me that's going to be the biggest question mark. Before you ask your question, we love Jared Bednar as well because we got to hang out with yeah. him at, at a couple airports. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had on a the way to Montreal. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, he, he isn't he awesome. He's the best. Yeah, he's fantastic. Go ahead, Um, I want to dive a little bit more into goaltending. You touched on it a little bit, but obviously, you know, Kemper was in last season, so kind of a two-part question. How did you feel about Kemper's play overall last season? Because, you know, we saw that stretch in the playoffs that he was out and Francis actually was the one, you know, getting wins for the team. So I know you yep. mentioned that it's a little bit of a gamble, but how do you think that this Georgiev Francis pairing, you know, compares to, to Kemper and like, what do you foresee happening in that? So to answer the first part of that question about Kemper last year, look, I, I was, we talked about him a lot on our show last year. He had a phenomenal regular season. It takes goalies a few weeks, maybe a month to get really comfortable in a new system. He stumbled a bit out of the gates, but if you just go back and look at his numbers starting in November, I mean, he was a top five goalie for most of the regular season. He was fantastic. Um, and, and people I thought really beat up on him a little too hard because he stumbled out of the gates um, and he got a lot of the, oh, well, it's easy to be really good behind that team treatment. But the, the, the fact is he was, he was outstanding in the regular season for the abs. They got into the playoffs and, and look, I think the eye injury was very undersold, uh, by Jared Bednar and, and the avalanche. Uh, that was a pretty gruesome injury. I know you guys probably saw some of the pictures and, and look, just being around him, uh, the deeper we went into that run. You could see the, the eye was never fully healed. It had a lot of kind of, you know, it was drooping a lot. And that was what we heard caused him to miss that, that uh, Western Conference final was blurriness. He couldn't see. So he struggled in the postseason for sure. But I, I do think that, um, like I said, I think the Avs undersold the severity of that injury a little bit. Um, and, and I think it, it really hampered his play. Um, and again, that kind of caused people to maybe have a little bit of a skewed um, view of of how his season actually went regular season i thought he was outstanding postseason yeah he could have been better but i think there was some injury there now as far as pablo Francois, look i am someone who i've been really high on him since um actually before he came over to the nhl he played in the olympics uh representing uh what is it now chechia chechia czech mm -hmm. republic at the time um you know he was he was i think back-to-back -back goaltender of the year in the khl and when you watch Pavel Francouz, it's his, it's his, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? Not system. He's very technically sound. He reminds me, and I know this is, a, <laughs> I'm not saying he's like Carey Price, but the way that he plays net reminds me of Carey Price. He's not flashy. He's in the right spot. He's square. Uh, he's just, he's a very technically sound goaltender. I think he has a 1A, 1B kind of upside. Um, so far as I talked to a few guys during the playoffs that said there were some teams that were pretty disappointed. He signed an extension with the abs. He was going to definitely get some attention on the open market in a one, a one B situation. Um, or maybe even, you know, for a team like, I'm sorry, Arizona, um, you know, maybe even like a starter situation. Um, so I think he's a great option to have, um, you know, as a, as a backup, the abs have said that Alexander Georgiev is going to get the first chance to, to take that starting role. But again, I just think that we will, by the end of the season, I think there's a good chance you're looking at more of a 1A, 1B, who is playing better right now. 
And Jared Bednar alluded to that a little bit, going a little bit against what Joe Sackick and, and new GM uh, Chris McFarland said that, hey, look, yeah, we're giving Georgiev the chance to come in here and, and get the first look, but this is an open competition. We're, look, we're looking for who's playing the best, and that is kind of in line with what Jared Bednar has said during his tenure in Colorado, not just with goaltenders, but throughout the lineup, who can help us win, and that's who we're going to play. To your point on Darcy Kemper and having gotten to know him while he was here, most guys don't talk about injuries. You can't get a word out of Darcy Kemper uh, about his injuries. He just won't go there. So it is, you're yeah. right, very difficult to assess how much that impacted him. He, it probably did a lot more than people know. But in terms of stats, like yeah. you mentioned the regular season, one of the, probably the only goaltending stat that I think is worth anything because most of them are just team stats is goals saved above average. He was fourth in the NHL last year. So he had a, he had a terrific season for the Avs last season. Uh, moving on to something else that was a, a, a storyline for a very long time this offseason, Nazem Kadri, mostly because he, he remained in limbo for the longest time. Can you take us into that process? How close were the Avs to maybe bringing him back and how did it all play out? Yeah, so um, I just real quick, I want to tie off Darcy Kemper because we did talk about it near the end of the season with on our pod that, again, I, I didn't think he should have won or anything, but we thought he should have had a little bit of Vesna buzz. Uh, his season was that good. So I'm, I'm with you, Craig. Uh, but no, as, as far as Nazem Kadri goes, look, I'll be honest with you. I was calling and texting anybody that I thought would have any kind of information on this. And the Kadri circle kept this really, really tight lipped. Um, as far as I can tell from, from folks I've talked to, basically the abs after that first day, the, the sense I got is the market just didn't necessarily shake out the way Kadri and his agent thought it would. Uh, I think there was maybe some RFAs that got to market, uh, where some other teams just said, well, Hey, we'll take this cheaper option. Um, you know, a player like Johnny Gaudreau actually getting to the open market, I think maybe impacted him a little bit just in terms of high end players being available. Um, so I think after that first day, they, that Nazem Kadri's camp said, well, hold on, hold on. Let's pump the brakes here. Let's take a step back and see what our options are. And from what I can glean, uh, what basically the abs did was they went to him and said, Hey, here is where we're at. Here's the money we can give you. Here's the term we're interested in, in bringing you back at. If you guys are interested in this, this offer will stand until you sign somewhere else or until you tell us no um, and keep us updated as far as what you're doing. Now, again, the other thing I've been told, which this was one of the hardest <laughs> uh, stories to get information out of that I've had to deal with. Um, what I've been told was part of the reason it went on so long was that the cadre camp liked the offer. They wanted to stay in Colorado. And so every time they kind of got close, they just kept circling back to well, how does this compare to Colorado? All right, it's in the ballpark. Maybe it's a little bit more here. Maybe it's a little bit uh, you know, less here, whatever, whatever. Um, and then really at the end of the day, Calgary just kind of came in at the last second with a deal closer to what he thought he would get when free agency opened. Uh, and, and they kind of, you know, they won the sweepstakes really all at once. My understanding is the reason it dragged on, or one of the reasons it dragged on so long was he wanted to stay in Colorado. His family liked it here. Um, he really liked the fans. Uh, he, he really appreciated the way that he was kind of embraced by the city. One, after the suspension in the um, first round last year of the playoffs. And then two, with all the, you know, the, the just bullcrap stuff that happened in the second round in St. Louis and, you know, death threats and police escorts from the hotel and all that stuff. Just the way he was embraced by the city. 
Um, I was told that really meant a lot to him and his family. They wanted to stay here, but look, he would have been leaving money on the table. He talked to me about it at the All-Star game last year. He has worked his whole career to get this opportunity to be a free agent and cash this big check in the, in the career year was coming at the right time. Can't blame him at all. Can't blame him at all. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I think part of the reason it, it went so long, Craig and Lee was because it, he, he wanted to stay here and just was maybe secretly hoping this would be his best offer, but um, worked out somewhere else in Calgary. He's a competitor. He left the abs group chat, all that good, good stuff. I'm sure you guys saw the story, um, but no, you know, no one here is mad at him. No ill will. Uh, help bring a cup back to Denver and uh, wish him all the best. But yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we were on edge there for about three, four weeks. Like <laughs> we may have to do an emergency pod at any moment. So yeah. <laughs> keep your plans loosely open. Oh my gosh. Well, a player who is staying here long-term is Nathan McKinnon, who signed his big yeah. extension. Um, you know, we've heard a lot about what Nathan McKinnon's like in the locker room with holding his teammates to a, to a high standard. And, you know, now he has the cup under his belt. He has the new contract. What do you think his messaging is to his teammates now that they've, you know, reached that pinnacle, but now they're trying to stay on top. What have you heard, you know, surrounding Nathan McKinnon? The best way, honestly, that I can describe um, my view of Nathan McKinnon over these last three weeks, finally being back in the room uh, and, you know, just being near the ice the pressure's off. The intensity is up. Uh, he, he honestly seems like he's kind of taken that, that fire and that intensity and holding those accountable to another level. Um, everyone thought he would maybe back off of it a bit, but I mean, he actually seems, and he said this outright, we won one. Now we want more. Like now that we've gotten the taste, we just want it again and again and again, but you can tell he's playing with that pressure off. It's no longer the, well, Nathan McKinnon can't get out of the second round. He disappears after round one. Uh, you know, this core can't get it done. That pressure is off. And now they just, now they just have the want. Um, Nathan McKinnon got, uh, got, got a little bit after a new teammate uh, this year. Uh, Anton Bleed uh, is a, <laughs> he'll be kind of a, a bit player for the Avs this year coming up and down from the Eagles. Uh, but look, Nathan McKinnon didn't like what he was doing yesterday and Anton Bleed got his first taste of that intensity. And uh, I saw him having some conversation with guys after like, Oh, what was that about? And they're all telling him like, no, that's the standard here, man. Like he's not, it's not personal. He's not mad at you. He doesn't hate you. He just has expectations uh, for his teammates. And so, yeah, it's funny you asked that because we got our first little glimpse of angry Nate yesterday at training camp uh, this year. (laughs) (laughs) But Hey, look, it's hard to argue with it, right? I mean, he holds everyone to that high standard, and, and you saw last this last postseason why. Everyone is really bought into that, and he really does to me. I don't look at it as a bad thing. He, he strikes me as I'm here giving 120% on every drill, on every play. If I can do that, you don't have any excuse not to as well. Um, so I get some people don't like the way that it comes off sometimes, but – Look, when you're talking about playing and performing at this level, I get it to an extent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the rest of the Central now. Um, But before we do, let's remind ourselves how everything fell last season. It was a very competitive division. Um, Obviously, Colorado at the top, there's... That, that was a, a given, I think, even before the season started, but not too far behind. You had the Minnesota Wild then the St. Louis Blues all over that 100-point range. And then we had Dallas, followed by Nashville, very close behind Winnipeg, 
Chicago, and at the very bottom with 57 points, the Arizona Coyotes. A huge disparity between the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche and the Arizona Coyotes oh. there on that list. Um, so that was how last season finished. And then uh, looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook app odds for this upcoming season, and this was as of Friday, so it possibly changed. But Colorado, I mean, this might be the only team on DraftKings that had uh, – minus odds i guess is that the right terminology mm-hmm. it is and they are the only team okay yeah odds. so they're the only team who it's kind of a given minus 150 odds to win at the nhl central division followed by the minnesota wild at plus 330 and then it gets interesting for me because we'll get into our predictions yeah. later but nashville next dallas st louis winnipeg and then there at the bottom we got chicago and arizona plus 50,000 each uh, yeah, not going to bet on those teams to win the division. But if you want to bet on any of the teams, including Colorado, or if you think someone's going to upset Colorado and win the division, you can do so on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And right now, if you're a new customer, if you bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, you'd get $200 in free bets if they do. So you can throw one of those free bets on a future. That's a great way to use a free bet. Um, and if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings. With DraftKings stepped up, same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. And with payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? I won a $3 same game parlay yesterday. <laughs> I saw you a, flexing on, for on a Twitter yesterday. Of $12.90. People were getting upset at me and they were like, oh, money. I was like, yeah, my $3 bet that won me $12. Um, to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up. Same game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code PHNX. That's code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you see Craig sipping from his Four Peaks glass. It has water. It's, it's not actually, vodka. It's actually Zima. What? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got nothing. Um, but yeah. Four- Leah doesn't even know what Zima is. No, I don't. Do I'm just moving on. <laughs> I need PD back. Oh, my Lord. Well, Four Peaks uh, is our beer partner. They have unbelievable beer. Sean, you tried the day drinker the other day? The desert day drinker. It might uh, quickly moved its way into the top three. Okay, I might have to try that later in the week. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. show, maybe a little early for me on a Monday. Maybe maybe it was Friday. Um, But pick up Four Peaks wherever you buy your beer and check out the A Street Pub. If you're going to drink it, you must be 21 or older and enjoy responsibly. We've got some great events coming with Four Peaks, including this Friday for the ASU Home Opener Takeover Tailgate at Four Peaks. So stay tuned for more information for more events if you didn't manage to get tickets to that one. And when you come down, Jesse, you'll be going to Four Peaks. Oh, yes, absolutely. Perfect. Cannot yes. wait. I was sitting here this whole time. I was like, well, I can't add, add four peaks to the list. Oh, and so, it's, yes. it's in Tempe. It's really yeah. close to Mullet. So Super close to the area. It's yeah. a great pregame stopping place. Um, all Another right. reason I'll, why this is going to be great in the new arena, right? Exactly. There's so many reasons. <laughs> Craig, I'll hand it over to you to start us off with, and we need cowbell in here. I know. I forgot my cowbell. Questioning but about. <laughs> let's go to the Central Division with a tie-in question for you here. Um, I, as you know, I'm a Chicago native and. Like the Coyotes, they're preparing for some tough times. Um, So how long do you think it will take before Patrick Kane joins the mass exodus out of Chicago that has already included Alex Dabrinkit, Dominique Kubalik, uh, Kirby Doc, Brandon Hagel, Dylan Strom, I'm sure I'm forgetting others. How bad will the Blackhawks be once he's gone? Where will he end up? And could that destination be Denver? So... (laughs) I'll start at the beginning. I think it'll be trade deadline just because of the cap hit. I think the teams that want him will need 
as much cap flexibility yeah. as they can get. So I think it will be as close to trade deadline time as possible. Um, how bad will they be when he's gone? Oh my goodness gracious. I can't even imagine. Like it's, <laughs> I, I, I think that I, I don't think the coyotes are going to be the worst team in the central this year. Reason being it's getting worse for Chicago. Like, face just fell. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's that it's, it's already the coyotes. You, think have hit rock bottom last year and are now starting to try to pull themselves out of it. Um, Chicago is still like, they're on the hard descent. It's only getting worse for them. Uh, I think it'll be bad once they, once they um, move on from Patrick Kane. And if Jonathan Taves leaves, I mean, he's not, he's kind of a, uh, not quite the player he was anymore, but (laughs) he's a third line um, center. Let's be honest. (laughs) I was, I was going to, I was dancing my way around it, but I agree. Uh, look, I know, I know the Abs are very, very interested in Patrick Kane. Uh, I know they have called several times over the summer. Hey, is he available yet? Okay, perfect. Keep us in mind. Is he available yet? Keep us in mind. Um, I know they're after him. I know they're in on it. But look, um, I know New York's going to be there. Toronto's going to be there. Um, what the Abs where the abs are going to hurt a little bit in those types of situations is they just don't quite have the um, assets that, that some of these other teams do. Yes. They still have their 2023 first, which is very highly valued around the league right now. Uh, You've got a guy like Sean Barron's who's a sophomore at DU this year, uh, defensive prospect. They've got a couple guys, but they are going to struggle in some of those higher name sweepstakes just because they don't quite have uh, you know, the draft capital, the, the prospect assets that, that some of these other teams do. But I know they are very interested in adding Patrick Kane uh, to this core for this year. And part of the reason I think that is, you know, you guys mentioned Nathan McKinnon earlier. That new deal doesn't kick in until next season. Uh, so I think they are going to try to capitalize on as much cap flexibility as they have or as they can for, for this year in their uh, pursuit to repeat. So I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think it's a, I think it's a, a fair chance he ends up here. Um, but I'll bet you there's a bunch of podcasts in New York and Toronto that are saying yeah. the same thing. Yeah. yeah, and he does have a, a full no move. So he has a lot of control over where he goes. Not saying that Patrick Kane wouldn't be interested in playing on Broadway or in Toronto or even in L.A., but sure. he does have a lot of control over where he goes. And there's probably not a team, as the DraftKings Oz just told us, that is better equipped <laughs> to win the Cup than the Avalanche. Well, when we saw that with Claude Giroux last year, right? Uh, that, that was a guy that the abs were in on. But basically what we found out after was all those phone calls really ended with, well, we'd love to deal with you, but he's just not really interested in it. He's he's more interested in, in <laughs> South Florida. So, um, you know, we uh, see it happen. And, and yeah, to your point, Craig, that, that, that could be something where, yeah, the Rangers can call it the best package available. But if Patrick Kane doesn't want to go there, yeah. hands are tied. Very true. Jesse, we talk about the Coyotes being bad every day on this show. But one thing the Coyotes did last season was win the season series against the Colorado Avalanche. Think it'll happen again, or can Colorado, <laughs> can Colorado finally, finally manage? overcome their foe, the Arizona Coyotes? <laughs> Their nemesis. So it's it's so funny because I don't know if you remember uh, back. It was the the lockout shortened season when the Chicago Blackhawks Blackhawks excuse me started the season with I believe twenty four or twenty five consecutive. Uh, get, well, I guess not wins, but where they got points, right? They they were, I think, 23, like 0-2 going into this game with the Avs. The Avs blew their doors off. The Avs were horrible that year. They finished near the bottom of the standings. 
And just for whatever reason, for two or three years, when the Blackhawks were in the heart of this like dynasty, they could not beat the lowly abs. The, lab, the abs were terrible, but for whatever reason, that matchup just didn't work. And I had a little bit of those vibes last year with those abs coyotes games. I was like, this team's a juggernaut. They're, they're blowing teams out every single night, but whatever it is about this coyotes roster, whatever the makeup is, it just like, it just doesn't happen. So I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if the Avs lost the season series again this year with the Coyotes because it just it kind of has those feels of like, yeah, this team's like a weird kryptonite <laughs> for this core. Um, so yeah, I, honestly, I could totally see it happening again. We'll, we'll take the small victory. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so let's move on to the rest division. Um, not a lot of excitement in this division, actually. A couple of teams that we'll talk about at the end, but the Stars didn't really do much this offseason they were a marginal playoff team they re-signed Jason Robertson which they had to do and I thought they got him at a lower number than I expected so that was surprising they lost John Klingberg I, I understood why they made that move but some of their key pieces are, are really aging is is Dallas still a playoff team um I didn't have them as one in our uh season preview and it's for what you just said there this is an aging team and really uh, it looks to me like the, the the front office plan for the Dallas Stars is Hope that the aging curve doesn't hit our guys too hard. Joe Pavelski was maybe behind Jason Robertson, their best forward last year. And he's, yeah. I think, going on 39 this year. Yep. And you're really hoping that not only does the does Father Time not catch up with him, but that he can do exactly what he did last year or build on it. And to me, that's just a huge roll of the dice. I like Jake Ottinger a lot, but I think everyone's kind of crowning him the next Patrick Waugh based off of a seven-game stretch where ultimately he went three and four. Um, yeah. It was it was an all-time playoff series. I'm not taking anything away from him. He was fantastic. But to I, I just think people have gotten a little far ahead of themselves. This is a second-year netminder who had a great two-week stretch that came at a great time of the year. But again, ultimately, he lost that seven-game series. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve there. Um and like you said, can Tyler Sagan get back to what he was? Can Jamie Benn hold on to any last bit of, of his NHL, you know, star level that he has? Um, this is an aging team that is just rolling the dice a little too much. Uh, you know, I mean, Ryan Scooter was their big pickup last offseason. It's like, holy smokes, you know, this, this is rapidly becoming the NHL's over 35 team. And uh, in, in a division that is just gearing towards speed and youth and skill, um, I think they're going to have a hard time keeping up this year. So I had them actually on the outside looking in for uh, our preview. This is It really is an interesting division. And the same question mark for me personally applies to the Predators who had, you know, a career year from Yossi and Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg and, Forsberg, excuse me, and UC Saros. Do you see, was that a one-off situation or do you see this team contending for a playoff spot in this division? So a little bit of both. I think the one-off was the top-to-bottom career years for your roster, right? I mean, Matt Duchesne's an 80-point guy. Like you said, Roman Yossi uh, almost hits 100 points. Philip Forsberg has his biggest season ever at, you know, whatever it is, 27, 28. So I don't necessarily think you get that. But what I do like about the Predators this year is I love the addition of Nino Niederreiter. And I thought Ryan McDonough, while he's maybe not the Ryan McDonough that he was two, three years ago, I think he's a piece that they were missing. Look, obviously no UC Saros in net for that series against the Abs, but I'll be honest with you guys, I don't think UC Saros makes a game's worth of difference uh, in that series. The Abs were just dominant uh, from the first puck drop of game one till the final horn of game four. 
And their biggest reason was there was nobody on that Predators roster that contain that could contain or even hope to contain that top line for the abs, that top defensive pairing with Kale McCarr, Devon Taves. And Ryan McDonough at least gives you someone who can get you into that fight, right? Ryan McDonough's kind of been Tampa Bay's best kept secret over the last two, three years that he took all the hard defensive matchups, not necessarily Victor Hedman. Uh, it's a, it's a cap uh, casualty for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think it will help boost Nashville up a bit. Um, I'm not sure if that puts them in the Stanley Cup contention tier, uh, but I, I do think that Nashville should at least be a playoff team this year. Uh, full season of a healthy UC Soros. And like I said, I just really do like that addition to McDonough and then Nito Niederreiter, some great added depth for them. All right, two teams left here. Um, I've been a little surprised at the predictions for the St. Louis Blues. They lost David Perron. That's that's a significant loss. He's left St. Louis before, by the way. Um, yep. <laughs> they added some depth. But to me, St. Louis is a team, they've got a lot of size. They've got a lot of structure. They, they know what they are. And I, I think this is a good team. I think this is a playoff team. But I wanted to know what your read is on the Blues. I mean, I'm, I'm with you all the way there, Craig. I, I think this is a good team. I think they'll be in the playoffs, but I think this is a team that's being a little overrated um, based off of their playoff performance last year. They lost David Perron. Their big selling point last year was, oh, the depth, the scoring depth, whatever it was, nine 20-goal scores. Well, maybe your most important scorer just walked in free agency. Um, I mean, how many, I mean, how much did David Perron prop up that power play? Uh, he scored several big goals for them late in the, uh, excuse me, late in the season in that first round against the wild in the second round against the abs. He was a huge contributor for them. Uh, I think that's going to be a big loss. And then look, the other thing that people forgot again, based off of what a three game stretch, Jordan Bennington was not good last year. No nope. lost the starting job to Ville Husso. Was not he was stapled. Jordan Bennington was stapled to the bench when the when the Stanley Cup playoffs started, and they just let Ville Husso walk. And you are putting all of your eggs into a basket that, at best, for the last two seasons has been a 50 50 split in net. And a guy who straight up lost the starting role for you last year. Um, I think they got demonstrably worse in net. Uh, I think they lost some of that key scoring depth. So while I still think this is a good team, this is a good playoff team, you got Ryan O'Reilly in a contract year. Um, I'm with you guys. I think they're maybe being a little bit overhyped in in some of these uh, preseason odds, rankings, whatever. Uh, I think they're going to struggle to score the goal, uh, score a little bit more than they did last year. The goaltending is definitely a concern. Yeah, the goaltending is definitely a concern on this team. I just I have been impressed with St. Louis's ability to continue to replenish their system with guys coming up. And I know they're looking at guys like yep. Jake Neighbors. And and clearly the guy that's the GM here learned from Doug, Doug Armstrong, and that has been their MO all, yeah. all, all along. So I'll wait and see what St. Louis has up its sleeve. The goaltending will definitely be something worth watching with the Blues, though. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last but not least, we got the Minnesota Wild, who essentially didn't make any major changes. Of course, Kevin Fiala left to LA, which is a big point deficit for them, but they have Marco Rossi coming up in the ranks. So what's your take on Minnesota? So to me, this, I think is the biggest question mark in the division for me. Mm. Um, Cause this is a team that I could see anywhere from finishing second behind Colorado to be on the outside of the playoffs looking in. I, I think they have that big of a, uh, of kind of a margin for error Look, this is another team kind of like Nashville. 
a lot of career career years last year. Alex Goligoski at age what, 33, 34, had almost a 50-point season, his biggest season since he's been in the NHL. Uh, I mean, Matt Zuccarillo had his biggest season in the NHL. Uh, Kevin Fiala, Ryan Hartman was a 30-goal guy for the Minnesota Wild last year. Um, now, Kirill Kaprizov, bona fide superstar. Uh, this guy's a ton of fun to watch. He is going to be the, the linchpin. How far can he carry this team? I just don't think you're going to get that career year production out of everyone again. I don't think Ryan Hartman's a 30-goal guy. His entire career has said he's not. Um, so can you get that? Can you make up for the production that you lost with Kevin Fiala? You know, I've talked to a few folks that are, you know, in and around Minnesota, not necessarily with the organization, but that follow the team. And you may be talking about Tyson Jost having to get some top six 2C reps at points this year. Look, I, I'm a big Tyson Jost, the person supporter. He's a great dude. At, at best, he's a 4C. And, and they're saying that just because of the depth and some of the young guys not sure what they are, you may be looking at that as a, as a top six staple. And if that's where your depth is at, I just don't really trust that. And then for me, my biggest question mark for them comes in net. Marc-Andre Fleury struggled last year in Chicago. Yes, it was Chicago. It, it wasn't a great year. It wasn't a great team. What made that, that goaltending work last year once he arrived in, in Minnesota near the trade deadline was having the one-two punch of him and Cam Talbot. Again, similar to the Blues. Marc-Andre Fleury loses the starting job in the playoffs again, which has kind of become the theme of his the later half of his career. And now, you're again, you're going to ride with that all year on a team where you are banking on so many young kids taking a step. That means there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be growing pains. Uh, there's going to be learning curves. And I just don't know if Marc-Andre Fleury can bail you out of that all season again. He kind of proved last year on a young Chicago team he wasn't really capable of that. If he wasn't well insulated, he struggled a bit. I think this team has a ton of question marks. Um, how much can Kirill Kaprizov drive, you know, be the engine on that team? Um, and if he can't, this may be a team that's in trouble. They've still, you know, they've got $13 million of dead cap this year and next. Um, they, they may be in for some pain if they can't get some of those guys to repeat what they did last year. And if guys like Marco Rossi can't take that initial step, um, I think Marco Ross is a good player. I think you could get a 30, 35, 40 point season out of him. That doesn't replace what you may have just lost with Kevin Fiala. Like I said, I see this team as anywhere from number two in the central to on the outside of the postseason looking in. I think they have that much kind of variance for me. I'm everything that I thought coming into this conversation is now been turned on its head. This has been a great it's preview. A tough division, yeah, yeah, it's a very tough division. Um, we can't thank you enough, Jesse, for joining us to talk abs in the central. And I'm sure obviously we'll be talking to you a lot um, over the course of the yeah. season. And when you let us know when you get here and when the abs are in town, we'll head to four peaks and then you can see the mullet for the first time in person. So should be exciting. Perfect. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait. I, I always love chatting with you guys. So anytime you need, uh, always love uh, talking to you guys, jumping on the show. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I should be down there in December, get out of the cold for a little bit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, go see Four Peaks, see the new uh, see the new arena. It should be a great time. Perfect. Thanks, Jesse. All right, Jesse, we'll see you soon. It. Take care. Thank you guys. Yeah, have Bye. a good one. Well, thank yeah. you again to Jesse Montano. You can check out DNVR Avalanche and the DNVR Sports uh, YouTube channel to check out their amazing coverage of the Colorado Avalanche. They have, you know, 
they're different shows because they are covering a defending Stanley Cup champion team, but um, they do great work over there. So we appreciate Jesse's time. It's a it's an exciting week with the NHL starting the regular season, but it's also an exciting week because Sean is moving. And not states, just places. And he needs to furnish his whole apartment. Yeah. And he needs everything, right, Sean? <laughs> like, literally everything. Literally don't have a single piece <laughs> of furniture. Wow. So if it wasn't for more, I'd be yeah, sitting. So uh, I mean, seriously, thank goodness for more. And they hooked. I mean, we've we've tested it out in the office. All of our new office furniture and set furniture is from More. And right now they have a promotion for you'll receive a hundred dollar gift card for every thousand dollars you spend. Which when you're furnishing a brand new apartment, you're bound to spend a thousand dollars at least. Um, so great deal for Sean right now. Great deal for any of you listening who are possibly looking to spruce up your home or your office. Um, check out their More's furniture fall sale at More. That's M O R furniture dot com and also it's monday night football tonight if you're looking for a way to enjoy the game a little bit more get a little forget about yesterday yeah forget about yesterday get a little more skin in the game you can do so with underdog fantasy it makes it so fun to watch sports um we're we're gonna do daily fantasy and pick them when hockey season kicks off here i know pd and i have talked about wanting to do daily drafts with our members um you can do private like small leagues and just you know it's 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 perfect for me because you're, you're the weenie buy-in. Like it's like five dollars, three dollars. That's perfect. Perfect that for term's me. Terms getting used a little too much okay, on the I'll show. Stop. I think I'll stop. Um, but <laughs> check out Underdog Fantasy if you haven't already. Uh, it's a, it's so it makes it just makes it so much fun. And especially if you're you know fantasy hockey is harder than fantasy football because there's games way more often. Yeah. Um, so if you don't want to go th- if you're on the fence about fantasy hockey, you could do just do daily fantasy with Underdog. So it just you don't have to manage a team all year, which is a fun way to do it as well. So search in the app store for Underdog or click on the link in our show notes. Sign up with the promo code PHNX and Underdog will double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code PHNX and get in on the action today. All right. It's prediction. Can we talk about how close I was to predicting that game yesterday, by the way, Sean DePaz? I believe I was laughed out of this studio hey, hey. when I said that the Cardinals were going to beat the Eagles yesterday. And they had a very good chance to beat the Eagles except for that final drive. Horseshoes, hand grenades, and nuclear warfare. Mm-hmm. That's the only place close counts. Anyway, <laughs> moving right. right along. Prediction time. I This one, is, and I know I said I like didn't prepare any of the others and I just did it off the cuff. This one I put some thought in. And every five minutes, I change my mind. So I don't want to go first. We can read Petey's first. Yeah, let's put read him Petey's under first. The, you throw him under the yeah, bus. Yeah, throw him under the bus. So I'll go ahead and read Petey's uh, Central Division prediction. So this is what Petey had. In first, finishing first, Colorado, followed by Minnesota, Dallas, St. Louis, Nashville, Winnipeg. Did we ask Jesse about Winnipeg? We didn't. We forgot about the Winnipeg. Sorry. <laughs> So sorry, Winnipeg fans. Oh, sorry, Winnipeg. Uh, we can talk about them in a second. Uh, Chicago Not saying it was and then Arizona. Or anything. Um, Winnipeg is an interesting because they switched coaches. They to Rick Bonus. They took the C away from Blake Wheeler. There's been rumors around the league of there being some locker room issues. Don't know if that's true. That's just the rumors. Um, and yeah. they, you know, they have an amazing goalie in Hellie Buck. They have Kyle Connor, great goal scoring, but it hasn't been. A couple years ago, they were, you know, I feel like almost contenders. And now I don't know how I feel about the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. I guess we'll find out when we talk about them here in a sec, okay. where we rank them. Did you finish Petey's picks? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. You're you're looking at me like you better go next. Craig, yeah, I'm so not going next. I'm feeling that. Okay. I can't believe we didn't ask about the Jets either. That's that's on I'm me. I'm so by the way. sorry. That's on me completely. <laughs> I put together the show notes and just lunched it. So. You can add another Canadian city to yeah. the yeah. Yeah. Canadian <laughs> shit list. More okay. reason for yeah. Canada to hate. Yeah, you know, there's a Happy it, it, Canadian Thanksgiving, Canadians. Winnipeg has thrown a little shade the Coyotes' way, so yeah. you know maybe it was intentional. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so here's here's my Central Division predictions. Um, Colorado will win the division. I'm gonna stop right there. Okay, no, I, I this is a hard division to predict for a lot of the reasons that we just discussed, but I still have a lot of faith in the St. Louis Blues, and I'm gonna have them in second place in this division, and I'm going with. The Minnesota Wild, not the North Stars. I almost said that. Oh, my God. I just did yourself. <laughs> Nashville Predators, Dallas, I just, Dallas doesn't, I, they don't impress me. I, I, I've been expecting this team to fall off. They surprised me with their late surge, but I, I just expect age to hit them at some point. And then I'll go Winnipeg, Chicago, and the Coyotes. One point I want to make about this division, though, is we saw all the lofty point totals at some point, when the Coyotes know this, by the way, they're... Their rebuilding plan dovetails with the fact that a lot of these central teams are going to be in decline soon. I think we're going to start seeing that this year from this division. I don't think we're going to see. It's crazy because last year this was like the toughest yeah. division, and I don't feel that way anymore yeah. about this division. The West is a lot weaker than the East. It I'll definitely just is. Say that. Um, which will be good for the Coyotes when they have their resurgence <laughs> in a few years. Yeah. Theoretically. Theoretically. Okay. All right, I'm just gonna go with my gut that I that I said to myself last night. Colorado first. Actually, I'm gonna make Sean's life so miserable. Colorado first. Last, I'm gonna go up from the bottom. <laughs> Coyotes last. I Jesse said Blackhawks last. If you saw the NHL 20, was it 22 or 23 simulation? They had Blackhawks finishing mm -hmm. below the Coyotes. I don't know how that happens that with Patty Kane? They, they also had the Penguins. Yeah, they yeah. also had the Penguins winning the cup, which like. Yeah, I don't know. So it's a weird thing. I, I got to go. Coyotes at the bottom. Blackhawks above them on the bottom. I'm going from bottom up. Jets above them. I like everything I said before. <laughs> We're building from the yeah, bottom. Yeah, building from the bottom. <laughs> this is where it gets tough for me because last year at this time, we all kind of had Nashville finishing with, down there with the Coyotes. They had a great season. They're plus 800 on DraftKings right now. But I don't know. And to see St. Louis plus 1,200, I'm on the same page as you, Craig. I was going to put St. Louis second behind Colorado, followed by Minnesota. And I don't know. I think I have a little bit more faith in the Dallas Stars than everybody. So I'm going to go – and I'm, this is going to bite me in the ass because I think Nashville is going to be better than this. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean they're not going to make the playoffs because you, they could be a wild card. But I'm going to – so let me just re-say it. You're literally watching me think this out. Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota – Dallas, Nashville, Winnipeg, Chicago, Arizona. How do you feel about Tyler Sagan? Do you have faith in him, even though he's very short? <laughs> <laughs> I have no Sorry, comment. Sorry, this is an inside joke that we may explain to you at no, some point. I have no comment. Sean, <laughs> take it away. All right, I'm going to get a little, a little weird with it. Um, Saul, you're about to be on camera, just so you know. I'm getting a little weird with it. So obviously I'm going Colorado 1. Um, I'm gonna go Nashville too. Ooh, um, I okay. think they're gonna. They have my preseason pick for Vesna and Norris Trophy. Um, okay. Added Niederreiter, right? Um, I just, I don't know. I think they're improved. Minnesota, I have third. I think the loss of 80 point scorer Kevin Fiala is gonna hurt them. Plus, old man Winters, aka the flower in net. Uh, and then St. Louis four. I just think, like you said, they're good. But I like Nashville a lot. And then Minnesota was still obviously a 
hundred point team last year. And then Dallas, Winnipeg, Chicago, Arizona. Nothing that weird at the end. All right. So there you have it. As always, we'll be putting this out later on Twitter so you can tell us if you agree or disagree at phnx underscore coyotes and let us know in our members only Discord as well. Send how you think the Central Division will fall and we'll see who is the most <laughs> right because I don't think anyone is going to be spot on. Let's emphasize that you have to hit the like button today too because Saul Bookin's actually in the room to review our show today. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like Nielsen ratings doing a sweep right now. So we need an especially high rating. True. Today, if so. you're watching us on YouTube right now and you haven't hit that like button yet, what are you doing? Come on. No, <laughs> we like to be employed. So help us out here. Oh man. Well, the NHL final rosters are due today at 2 p.m. Arizona yes. time. We saw a ton of roster movement yesterday and i will go ahead and list them quickly <laughs> it was all while i was at um, breakfast by the way Stupid all right me. so alex chason was released from his pto that was our first thing that we got wrong on our projected <laughs> lineup we didn't yeah and we can talk it. about why uh look I, I think this what this came down to is they're looking for a little more scoring on their second line um they weren't sure that alex chason was going to be able to deliver that uh, they liked him actually they actually liked him in camp but I think this is going to provide an opportunity for guys like Matias Michelli and Dylan Gunther. If I had to bet on who's going to win out in the long term, I think it's going to be Matias Michelli. Look, I've, I've watched Dylan Gunther, and I know a lot of people are screaming, he's ready now, he's ready. He's not ready. He's not ready for the NHL physically. He's not ready to play top six minutes. I think Dylan Gunther is going to get a look. They have the nine games that they can play with. But then I think he'll go back to Edmonton, and I think this is Matias Michelli's job to lose. Yep. So we'll see. It's it's interesting, though, um, what the doors that that could possibly open, which will follow along as the roster is set. And then Michael Carcone, Jan Yannick, Vladislav Kolyachanek, Laurent, Laurent Dauphin, Boko Imama, Cam Deneen, and John Gillies were all assigned to the Tucson Roadrunners, which, again, messes up our projected lines because we had Kolyachanek, we had Dauphin, I think. So, you know. We tried our best with our guests. But, but they did make a waiver claim, which changed uh, the picture on They on did, APEX. and I'm going to let you pronounce the name of who they claimed because <laughs> you're the name pronouncer um, of the show. Yusuf Alamaki, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, former first-round pick. from They claimed him off waivers from Calgary. That That's an interesting player to take a look at. Um, it's funny. You, you start looking at some of the players that are on waivers and you look at the situation the Coyotes are in, like – you, you could conceivably like build a roster off of waivers. They didn't have to make any moves in the offseason to start claiming guys. There have been some interesting names on waivers, but they're going to give them a look. And I think that, you know, that it brings a little more veteran presence than maybe Koyach you know, could bring to the blue line. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. But interesting move for the Coyotes nonetheless on the, the back end. Yeah, it was a lot of interesting moves. We'll know more later today. Craig is headed to practice as soon as we wrap up here. So follow Craig on Twitter at Craig S. Morgan. Um, for more there and of course at phnx underscore coyotes the coyotes won't be home here for a while but you could have a chance to see mullet arena for the first time this week mm -hmm. um, friday and saturday asu men's team is home actually the women are playing on wednesday so if you want to get in early you can do um, get tickets for wednesday night but check out the game time app there's still tickets available and if you're really on the fence Check out the day of the game because that's when tickets on game time are actually the cheapest. It makes no sense, I know, but it's amazing. You can save up to 60% when you buy last minute. So if you want to get into Mullet Arena, if you didn't 
if you weren't able to grab tickets to our takeover event because they sold out very quickly and that was just for members only by the way check out the game time app and let us know if you're coming out to the game we're gonna be there not cry he's hitting the road with the coyotes this week but pd and i and sean will all be there at the game so let us know if you're coming say hi and if you want to come too, check out game time and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description so whether you're watching us or listening to us scroll down to the show notes click on that link to buy your tickets and let us know if you had success we've heard some amazing success stories as well and i mentioned that those tickets to the takeover were available for members only so that's just one of the amazing perks to becoming a member of phnx you have access to all of craig's phenomenal stories there's amazingly talented writers here at phnx you can also grab a shirt from the locker Uh, they just restocked the purple cody shirt and the Mosaic Coyote shirt. So I know, you know, people were saying that the Coyote shirts, shirts were all sold out. And of course they were, Craig, because we have yes. the, the best shirts at PHNX. Right. I'm just saying. Yeah. Saul is rolling Saul's his grimacing. eyes. Uh, but it's true. Uh, no, you're right, Saul. Does this help the ratings? The high, the <laughs> if I just agree with you. Okay. Yeah, well, you guys certainly, anywho. certainly pushed that one. Uh, <laughs> so it helps when you win, Craig. It, it does. It, yeah, I, it there's does. nothing I can well, say to that. Stay tuned, <laughs> really buddy. It's going to be a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but those shirts are restocked. So if you're waiting on becoming a member until a Kaiju shirt was available, there's some available now. So it's a great opportunity. Um, exciting week ahead, Craig. Mm-hmm. Well, Lots of basically, I'm going to be writing every day now. So. Um, Another great reason. I'll have to some notes today because, like, like we just talked about, the final roster will be announced today. So I'll dive into that and some other things off of uh, practice today. Tomorrow, I've got a story coming on Barrett Hayton. On Wednesday, I'll have my annual ten questions as Coyotes open the season. And on Thursday in Pittsburgh, I'm scheduled to have a conversation with Sidney Crosby. So I won't tell you what that story is <laughs> about. Not a big yet, deal. But, uh, not a big deal, but yeah, it'll be a good story, uh, an interesting story anyway. I think if it pans out. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, we'll have our we did our if our NHL season preview show yesterday. It was an audio episode, so if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that, cue it up for your drive home today and tomorrow. We're actually going to be live at 11 a.m. to preview the Coyote season. Just to you know, obviously we talk Coyotes every day, but just kind of do a broad outlook at what's to come for the season. We'll be off Wednesday. Craig's going to be traveling that day, and then you guys. Here we go. It's pack therapy time. Post-game shows are back. So Thursday and Saturday will be live following the first two Coyotes games. So we hope you'll join us here on the PageNX Sports YouTube channel and, you know, follow PageNX Sports on all social media platforms you can think of, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And please follow PageNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. We're going to have a lot of fun this season. It's pack therapy in the members-only Discord. It's pack therapy on Twitter. It's pack therapy here when we do our post-game shows. You know, it's, it's a tough season. We're all in it together. And the community aspect is what really makes it bearable. So any other notes, Craig? You got you to gotta run. I got to run. So we'll finish I, this up. I was up. checking with Petey what the quickest route to the ice tennis. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thanks again to Jesse Montano. Thank you to all those in the chat. We'll see everybody live tomorrow at 11 a.m. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everyone.